Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to the Text Talk podcast. Today we are doing an episode on Acts chapter 15. Hope you're ready to read along in the Bible. Edwin, what is the reading for today? I, I mean, unless you're driving, then, then just listen along. Okay. Uh, please give us your undivided attention. <laughs> I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 15, verse 22, all the way through 35. It is the English Standard Version. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers, with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instruction, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Uh, I really appreciate that reading today. As we've been looking at Acts chapter 15, we have seen that there has been no small dissension and dispute uh, troubling the Christians, and Luke is giving us some inspired insight and history about all that. The great debate framed is whether or not these Gentiles converting to Christianity need to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses, need to observe the Torah to be Christians and to be saved. Now, that's not what Paul had taught, and that's not what Peter had taught, but there were some teachers and preachers from Jerusalem church, evidently, in Judea, who are now traveling around to places where there were churches composed of Jews and Gentiles and laying down that teaching. And when it comes to Antioch, where Paul and Barnabas are, they confront it. They dispute. They want to know what's going on with this. And so they travel from Antioch with some others back to Jerusalem. And I know we're going to see that Paul carries this letter with him to other churches. I just noticed, I really hadn't thought about this before, but this whole thing starts because of the debate that began at Antioch. But even the letter itself recognizes there's more than just the Antioch congregation that have been impacted by these rogue members. And this letter needs to follow that. This letter needs to follow that. We know. We know from the other letters that this, what we call Judaizing teaching, mm -hmm. gets spread throughout the empire. Letters so like Galatians. Yes. Yeah. So it's not surprising at all that Paul is then going to carry this letter to other churches that he believes are 
have been impacted by this error that stemmed from people from Jerusalem. So I guess I'm just laying the groundwork for when we see that happening later. We don't go back to the, oh, I thought you said it wasn't a church council. It wasn't a church council. But where this is impacting churches, the message needs to be passed along. Well, there certainly is a writing and a teaching here from the apostles. So let me let me just um, throw something out here real quick. Throw it out. All right. So you've got this dispute. You've got this dissension among brethren. What is the truth of the matter here? Uh, what is what is the truth of the doctrine? And where are you going to go to get your answer? What is going to be the basis of authority for that answer? Well, you know what would have been easy. What would have been nice? What's that? If the Holy Spirit had just said. Here you go, guys. Here's the answer. Well, let me tell you where people tend to go. They go to one of three places, okay? Uh, and, and historically, you see this as you study church history. You've got the, the, um, the, the kind of mystical route, the Gnostics, that said, okay, if I've got a question, uh, God is going to somehow personally deliver the answer to me and to my heart, some secret knowledge. Uh, you've got the uh, institutional route, which we've already discussed a little bit on the broadcast. The mother church. The mother councils. church. Have a council. Get the best minds together. Let's vote on this thing. The third way, uh, and, and the one that, uh, that I'm going to suggest is the true way, has been called uh, the avenue of apostolicity. But to look at and see... The what is it? Of, what, what avenue are we on? Apostolicity. Apostolicity, which Apostolic, referring to the ap- apostles. Referring to the apostles. The, the idea and the understanding apostles. that the Holy Spirit had Sorry. inspired and was leading the apostles, that what they taught and the doctrine they gave was, in fact, the word of God. This is God's will. And so what we need to do is go back and learn what did they teach? What did they say? Led by the Holy Spirit. What we have here, as you just read, is a letter where it says it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit's decision about these things. And yet what we are listening to is Peter giving his testimony, Paul giving his testimony, testimony, right? Going back to the scriptures that had been revealed uh, in the Old Testament to, to determine what has God said? What is the Holy Spirit's will in this matter? I think you and I were moving in the same to the same point from two different directions because when I asked, wouldn't it have been easier if the Holy Spirit had just revealed something? If the, if the sky, if the clouds had parted and a voice from heaven had said this, or if there had been a vision of an angel of the Lord that said, let me let me solve this for you guys. Or if there had been a voice that they all had known was the Holy Spirit that said, here is the answer to your dilemma. You'd almost think that something like that happened when they say in that letter, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Because that, that's what catches in my mind. They are able to say this seemed good to the Holy Spirit, and yet not one time during this debate, during this discussion, does the Holy Spirit directly weigh in. And yet every step of the way, the Holy Spirit is actually a part of the argument. There's three arguments made. Absolutely. And when they're done with these three arguments, they're able to say, the Holy Spirit has led us here. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit has got us here. Mm-hmm. Not because there was some nudging in my heart, but because I'm able to look at what the Holy Spirit had revealed mm-hmm. already in the past. We've got these three means. I'm, I'm going to take them backwards. Let's take James's. All right. James's statement as he goes back to Amos chapter 9, mm-hmm. the scriptures. He finds a direct statement 
that the Holy Spirit revealed through a prophet. And he says, guys, we should have known this all along. Why? Because the Holy Spirit said it eons ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, eons too big of a word. Centuries ago. <laughs> he, he said it to us a long time ago. Then you've got Paul and Barnabas. Yeah, when you go back to verse 12. When Paul and Barnabas make their argument, they're saying, guys, the Holy Spirit has been confirming this because we've been out baptizing Gentiles and the Holy Spirit has been confirming it with signs and wonders. So I can, I can tell you about some examples of this. Mm-hmm. Here are examples of Gentiles coming into Jesus Christ approved by God, the Holy Spirit, placing his stamp of approval on it. Mm-hmm. Then you get back to Peter's statement, mm-hmm. and Peter's statement is really one of, guys, look, y'all know I went to the Gentiles, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago when when, the, when he got back to Jerusalem and the Jews were all upset about, hey, you met with the Gentiles, right. and, and Peter's argument essentially was, let me tell you who else met with the Gentiles. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you who else was there. And what the Holy we, Spirit came down on them right then. The Holy Spirit came down on them right then. Now, what's really... Um, Moving for me, I guess what captivates my mind as I look at that Acts chapter 11 is that the Holy Spirit did not just say to Peter when he was there with Cornelius, you can baptize this guy. Yeah. What the Holy Spirit did was come upon him, Mm -hmm. baptize him, as some would say, Mm -hmm. and that implied to Peter, if the Holy Spirit can baptize these fellas, guess what I can do? Yeah, I can baptize them in the name of the Lord. I can baptize them in water. And so what we find is we've got, I can look for a direct statement Mm -hmm. that was revealed by the Holy Spirit. I can look at examples that have been approved by the Holy Spirit, and I can see what the Holy Spirit has implied. And all of that was in time past. None of it was happening right then in the council meeting, in the debate, in the discussion, that it all happened in time past. But when they got done with the discussion and they sent their letter off, They were able to say, it seems good to us, and the Holy Spirit. In working this way, it offers us a sound interpretive grid uh, by which we can make judgments. This is God's will. This is what the Scripture teaches. And we are not then following this institutional model. Let's have a council together and let's vote on it, what seems best to us. Because we want to know what's best to God. And we're not going to all, uh, you know, kind of isolate ourselves until, you know, expecting to hear this voice or that voice, some some secret knowledge. And, uh, you okay. know, I, I'm going to come and be the mouthpiece for God. Yeah, so it's neither the institutional nor the mystical. Nor the mystical Gnostic approach. No, uh-uh. and it's not, I'm waiting to receive some new revelation. I am looking at what the Holy Spirit has done in the past. And when I do that, when I'm able to open up the scripture and, and show these things, I can actually say, it seems good to the Holy Spirit that, and then cite the scripture, cite Absolutely. the example, cite the implication that is there. And I know that I am working then by the authority of the Spirit of God. And following the way of the apostles, which was that word for the day, apostolicity. <laughs> apostolicity. So I'm not, the, I'm not the only one that reads books and learns words. Yeah, every once in a while we get a little learning in. <laughs> so, you know, we talked about the joy that went with this letter, okay? Uh, you were reading about that, that they took this word on the road, right? And that it was a blessing to people, um, that uh, they go back to Antioch with it, and there is this assurance, not that... Uh, hey, we we won the debate, okay? But the assurance that what you have we heard the is souls. the word of God, and we won the souls. Yeah, you, you, what, you, what you've heard is the word of God. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, you were going you're a right. Different direction. We won I, the souls. I, yeah, it's, 
what we've been teaching is the Word of God. We agree, and they see this too. And and it's what a wonderfully encouraging thing it is to hear that. One more thing before we wrap up, yeah. I, I want to touch on here just briefly, and that is here we find a really neat example where there's the written word, mm-hmm. and then there is the spoken word. And there's there's this idea from some that when you have the written traditions and the oral traditions, that those are two different things that get added together to provide us with authority. But here's a really cool example. They not only sent the letter that would be the written word, they sent ambassadors, if you will, messengers who would give the spoken word. Did, Did you take the written thing and the spoken thing, add it together, and now you've got the total? No. The written thing and the spoken thing were the same thing. Mm-hmm. The, the written tradition and the oral tradition were the same thing. And so we're not looking for some type of authority that's going to come from both Bible and the traditions of the church throughout history. That oral teaching, spoken teaching, were excuse me, oral and spoken are the same thing. That oral teaching, written teaching were the same things as this was happening throughout this apostolic age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we want to... <laughs> I'm sorry, I crack myself up sometimes, but we would love to hear from you guys. We would. As a matter of fact, what are you reading uh, inspired by the apostles? What are you reading in the Bible? Um, send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, and uh, we invite you now as we close this program with a word of prayer. Edwin, won't you lead us? God in heaven, you are the wondrous holy God, the ruler of heaven and earth. And your Holy Spirit is our guide. He is our leader. We understand, though, that what that means is not that we gather together in councils and vote on things, and through that you have revealed something. We also understand that that doesn't mean that we go into our prayer closet and wait for some type of nudging and leading in our heart and in our mind or or some type of new revelation. We understand that that means that you, and sending your Holy Spirit, revealed through the apostles and prophets your will, and you confirmed your word. And we can get into that. We can see what it is that you have said. We can see the examples that you have set before us. We can we can see what you have implied. And as we do that, we know that we're getting your word and we can say it seems good to the spirit of God. And so therefore it should seem good to me as well. We are very thankful for that, that we can open up your word and study it and learn and know what is pleasing to you. You have not left us without direction. And we are very thankful. Father, help us to read. Help us to study. Help us to discuss because I know we all, uh, we, we read it in different ways and we see different things and different perspectives. So help us to discuss it with one another and be open and honest with one another so that we can get to your truth. Father, thank you for your truth because your truth is what saves and sets free. We love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.